and Hugh F for those interesting insights um, from uh, Astro's side um, on Saturday. Before we leave, I mean, it should be said that, you know, hockey have had, you know, a pretty decent season. Overall, a win percentage of 36%, still with a relatively tough fixture list. Um, so, you know, a very good um, a very good spring term for hockey all in all. Let's move on to another uh, core uh, 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 spring uh, sport, uh, netball, which I'm not sure any of us in the studio would proclaim to be experts in, uh, even if we all uh, enjoy uh, watching the game. Uh, we were gonna, I was going to try and get our resident netball pundit, uh, Miss Evans, on uh, this evening, but unfortunately she is uh, um, away uh, and busy. But I uh, have did manage to catch up with one of the more talented netballers in the school uh, from the under 14 A's, uh, Jemima, who was reflecting uh, on uh, a very successful season for the under 14 A's. So uh, on my ECA, I caught up with one of the stars of the uh, under 14 netball team, Jemima. So Jemima, what have been your, been your impressions of Bryanson netball this term? Uh, they've been really good. We've had a really good season. Miss Evans has been a really great coach and we've had a good team. Fantastic. Um, so what have you been working on as a team in your first year here as under-14s? Um, we've been working a lot more recently on defence, the defence side around the D. So. Nice, nice. And I saw you had a good result on the weekend, a big win against Wells. Uh, who were the sort of stars of that game? Um, definitely both of the other Jemimas and shooter Georgie. She did really well. Nice, nice. Um, and going forward, what are your hopes for the, uh, the, the, this team as you go through the school? Um, next year, definitely beat Camford. Beat Camford, yeah, yeah win, the, win the derby. Well, thank you very much, Jemima, for catching up. So thank you to uh, Jemima H for, for talking with me there. Just having a look at the, uh, the under-14A uh, netball results this, this season. It's very impressive, really. I mean, across both terms, and, and most of this is in uh, the spring term, but they've overall played 21, won 16, drawn one and lost four, which I think uh, you two will, will agree a pretty good record there. Very impressive. Yeah, and you know we've we this is a team because we obviously we've had Miss Evans on a few times. Uh, we've had a real focus on. They seem to have some very good talented players in there. We've had uh, whether there's Jemima, there's Mima, there's Georgie, there's Poppy. Um, uh, lots of good talented sportswomen uh, coming up through the school, which is um, very exciting to see. Now. At the top end of the school, it's been a little bit more difficult, unfortunately. Uh, the first uh, seven have had, had have had a tough season. They did actually get a draw on Saturday, which was good, good, good for the neutrals to see, and obviously very good for all our fans of Bryanston uh, Sport. But between the under 14s and the first, uh, it's also been very successful. Uh, the under 15s, I believe, have had an outstanding season. The un this is the under 15 A's, uh, uh, featuring players like uh, Natalie and Ellen. Uh, 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 I think Talia as well, who have been very strong. Um, and they overall have played 23, again across two terms, but mostly in the spring, played 23, 1-19 uh, and lost four. So another phenomenal record, really, uh, for what I believe is a very uh, talented, uh, a very talented team. Likewise, the under-16s, um, who, uh, in, uh, um, who occasionally have been in the guise of, uh, of the second uh, seven um, have played I think about 15 and won about 80% of them we were going to get a few of them on this evening but unfortunately GCSEs um, are somewhat um, getting in the way boys uh, is netball a sport um, you enjoy watching or playing I think I, well, I actually played a little bit at uni yeah. myself um, we were always a pre-season game for the uni's first uh, first seven girls um no, it's great to see netball thriving at Bryanston. Um, and they've got a couple of girls representing the Bath satellite squad as well, which is always nice to see people being represented outside of the school at a high level. Mm. And it should be said, you know, I mean, without making too big a thing of this, the, the girls' fixture list, list is, is very tough. It is very tough. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 uh, they, their, their, their fixture list is a prop. Well, not, I'm not saying any sports isn't, but I mean, it is a really tough challenge all the way down the list. Definitely. Um, and there are no easy fixtures there. So, you know, if you look, you look at those, those um, percentage wins um, and, 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 you know, it's pretty impressive. And that's why, you know, the first should not be too downhearted by the fact they have had a tough season and, and it's looking bright 
bright um uh, it's looking bright for the school really to have you know three very strong age group squad squads below that top um senior level uh mr sharon is is netball a sport you were particularly well acquainted with before uh crossing the pond so to speak it certainly is not um yeah. there's no no getting away from that fact i think as a basketball man when i saw saw the the hoops or the goals or whatever you'd call it uh without without a backboard i was a bit confused <laughs> didn't know if there was a burglary at bryanston they, they stole the equipment <laughs> but um but no once i once i have got a little acquainted and, and fair enough to miss evans she's been kind enough to explain a little bit of how it works mm. um it does seem like a really interesting game fast-paced um a lot of movement without movement ball, if that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah um so yeah certainly one that i'm i'm interested to to see more of but as you said it's exciting to see that um, there's so much uh, opportunity for yeah. these younger players to really prove that there is a bright future uh, for netball at Bryanston. Yeah, and you know netball overall have had uh, uh, you know a sort of sixty percent win rate, and as I said, with that tough fixture list, uh, that is you would probably say um, a, a really good season. And uh, credit to all the girls and all their coaches uh, who have uh, turned out um, for the school uh, this term. Um, right, okay, so that's hockey and netball done. Let's move on to the uh, the juggernaut that has 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 featured this time for the first time, uh, football. And we have spoken a lot about this on the show, uh, 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 and there's um, more to say, I guess. But let's start with uh, my interview with uh, the deputy head co-curriculum, Mr. Murfin, uh, whom I caught up with today to reflect on what has undoubtedly been a very successful first uh, term uh, with football as a core sport at Brighton. So I'm very um, lucky to be joined by the deputy head co-curricular, Mr. Murfin, um, who's agreed to do a little interview with me about, you know, his backstory in football and Bryanston football um, this term. So thank you very much for joining me, Mr. Murfin. First, first of all, I, you know, I'm, I'm well aware you've got quite a history in football. Do you want to, do you mind telling us a bit about that? You know, your story of the game and what you've been involved in. Absolutely, yeah, sure. It feels like I'm on Briar Island Discs rather than your yeah, uh, yeah. sports show. But uh, yeah, no, I, I always played uh, as a youngster, had lots of energy. So yeah. uh, my mum used to take me out and, and used to play a couple of times a weekend. Um, but I suppose it, it started to uh, take off when I, I was signed by, by Leeds. Yeah. Uh, so I was there for a number of years through schoolboys all the way through to uh, sort of 16. Yeah. And then had a very difficult decision to make. Yeah. Um, I was offered um, a three-year contract there, uh, but they did want me to stop uh, my education and uh, my family wouldn't allow that. So yeah. that's when I uh, then had to go um, and look for uh, another club. Uh, Scunthorpe um, were brilliant. They allowed me to continue in the sixth form um, yeah. and I went there and, and, and played professionally straight away. Uh, I made my debut when I was uh, in the lower six. Uh, in September, so that was that was good, um, and then um, yeah, played there for a number of years before moving on to Burton Albion, which was great experience mm-hmm. where I played with Nigel Clough um, of Liverpool, Notts Forest fame. Um, obviously, his dad was still around then as well, so we had a few great experiences uh, with Brian, um, and then at the university, um, continued to play, got selected to play for Great Britain, went to three world student games um so yeah really good and then went into teaching and obviously um with saturday sport we were unable to continue playing so uh, but yeah that's a brief uh, fantastic and, and you know you've maintained that passion evidently for the game uh bringing it to the school level what what position did you play back in the day Back in the day, I was a, I was a, um, I played anywhere on the left, quite, yeah. quite attacking. Yeah. So, um, yeah, left wing back would have been my sort of ideal. Yeah. Um, but obviously, in a four four two, as it was back then, it yeah. was more sort of left back or left wing. Mm. Um, for for our listeners' sake, uh, he still has it because I played star football against him and been skinned a couple of times <laughs> by him in a bit of indoor football. Yeah. So. So, uh, well, uh, amazing uh, story about your, your backstory in football. So moving into, I guess, coaching it, uh, Mr. Murfin, uh, and, and coming to Bryanston with football suddenly becoming such a big sport, what's been your assessment of Bryanston football overall this term? Well, it's just been great to see the number of people playing. Yeah. Um, it was obviously very popular, and, and that's yeah. why we wanted to yeah. to bring it bring it in. Um, the first team, particularly, I think the journey that they've been on this yeah. this season has been fantastic. Yeah. I took them um, with. Um, 
uh, to Winchester for that first game in, in the ISFA, which I think was a, a big thing that we wanted mm. to, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go quite according to plan. Uh, but if that was your sort of your, your ground zero, I mean, looking at where they are now and how they finished, it absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, if I can single out a few, I think, I think Logan in goal has been absolutely magnificent. He's so solid back there and gives, gives um, the team such a great foundation. Whenever they're in trouble, it can go back to him and, and, and you know it's, it's going to end up you know, way down the other end of the field. Yeah, he does and, have and a serious boot on him. I've really seen does. that a few times. But more than that, you know, he's so confident you know, in terms of taking the ball, good with ball in hand as well. So yep. he's been a real find. Yep. Um, you know, you've got um, Phil Neal, who's just added that bit of quality all the way through. Yep. Um, we saw, everyone saw the free kick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was great from Henry, Henry but just the development that some people uh, have had in that team if you'd have told me that you know early on in the season that the defence which aren't necessarily blessed with with silky skills if that they were going to be <laughs> dropping down on the byline and mm. we'd be rolling the ball out and playing mm. out from the back I, yeah. I'd have I'd have been very shocked but uh, that's ultimately what they're doing they're playing some good stuff and mm. um, you know the development that uh, Ahmed has had you know Jack I saw the other day the, the best game that I saw he, him have yeah. um, so they're all just playing yeah. you know really really well Innie I know he's been yeah. a stalwart of, yeah. of football at the school he's the enforcer in midfield he's done really well um, so yeah I mean I can't really single any more out yeah. but they've just come on yeah. such a journey and looking down that list, there's some players. What's exciting for that team is there's only a few of them will be leaving at the end of this year, right? So, Logan, Joe, and and um, Luke and Tom. So the you know others will be around exactly. And we had we had a couple of C's that that, that yeah. were featuring in and around the squad yeah. um, in the last game. So that's yeah. really good. Yeah. But Saturday was generally a great day. I mean, yeah. I get home every Saturday night, look at look at the socks and. Um, you know, there was every single team or no team lost on Saturday. The netballers had an amazing yeah. sort of uh, block against uh, against yeah. Wells. Uh, the first team had a really tight game, so yeah. that was exciting. The hockey, yeah. uh, they all won all of their games. Yeah. It's been great to watch a couple of their yeah. first team games at the end of, uh, of the term there as well. So, yeah. um, and on the back of a week where you know we had our rowers down at, uh, at a couple of national events, um, we had the dance show, and it's just been an amazing week of, uh, of co-curricular. Um, action absolutely I, I, I saw that on socks as well i think we were basically across the board in pretty much every sport were unbeaten on saturday and you know that's that's great uh, you know obviously it's not all about winning but that's it's nice it's a, it creates a good positive environment for brian's support if people are getting good positive results doesn't it completely completely agree it was group brilliant to see yeah great and and you know is is the just looking on a broader perspective in the first 11 is 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 uh, is there talent coming up through the school you mentioned there were some boys in the under 15s who played for the first seven haven't they had quite a decent season as well yeah they have and yeah. um you know again um some, some really yeah. promising performances and yeah, uh, yeah it look, the future looks good fantastic fantastic just going back to that first 11 again one um you um you said they've been on quite a journey. Are there any results that really stick in your mind as fantastic wins? People talk about that a game against Sherbourne first eleven. Yeah, it? yeah. I remember going away in, in the first term to Sherbourne yeah. and uh, ending up at A and E with uh, Harry Back. Uh, Harry B. Yeah. Harry B. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. so. Um, to, to see them win um, yeah. in the second half yeah. of, uh, of the season yeah. this term yeah. for me that was a real standout uh, fantastic performance yeah fantastic yeah and, and, and one of the and as well as doing some coaching you've also been uh, officiating how have you found that have our boys been been well behaved on the pitch as well in general or Generally, yeah, they've yeah. been very, very, very good. I mean, um, yeah. it's harder than um, I remember the old refereeing. Yeah. I have much more sympathy for yeah. them. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's hard being when you've been a player as well because you often get in the way. In fact, I think on, on the game, I, got, I, I think I, there was a ball that dropped and I, I um, was in the right place. But obviously for a referee, that's a wrong place. So it got hit against me. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, the refereeing is uh, yeah, a necessary evil. A necessary evil, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for this, Mr Murphin. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I can vouch. I've watched pretty much, well, I've been down there most Saturdays and it's just been a great environment, um, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, a great start. Football is a core cool sport and let's hope we continue to build on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank so you. that was me talking with the uh, deputy head co-curricular, uh, Mr. Murthin. So uh, just a few more words to say, I guess, on the football season. I think overall I'm with Mr. Sharon and uh 
Mr. Morris still. I think we'll agree, chaps, a success, Mr. Sharon. Certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, I don't want to reiterate too many of the points that Mr. Morris made, as, the, as there are so many good ones about how um, you know new players coming up through the ranks and the results for the, speak for themselves. Um, I will, I will say it's worth mentioning in the fall. These sorts of results were were far from anyone's mind. I, I don't know if we remember back then, but um, the first few matches were were far from from spectacular. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the difference between having a sport on the fringes and then bringing it in as a core sport. And you know, I, I think it's unquestionably been a success, really, because uh, as Mr. Murphy said, look at the take up it's had. Look at the, I mean, the the crowd. The crowd on Saturday. I mean, it was unbelievable. Really, it wasn't. Re- I, I think. Uh, Mr. Sangrajka and Mr. Mervyn would admit we didn't play particularly well. By the way, we 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 drew one all, uh, uh, but uh, the atmosphere there was incredible. And I mean, really, for the last five minutes when we were pushing for a winner on that pitch, I'm not sure what they call it in uh, or what what Mr. Boot calls it in his footballing kind of map of Bryanston uh, or our home pitch, we'll call it. Uh, but. Uh, uh, the atmosphere was like Anfield, I guess, on a Saturday. Mr. Morris, were, were you down there, or unfortunately, I wasn't. I was away with hockey. Uh, of on course, Saturdays. you were. You were, you were playing. You were playing hockey, but but I mean, uh, and I think you know, we probably looked ought to look a bit more broadly than the first eleven. The first eleven have had a fantastic season. The results from the other team haven't been on paper. Haven't been on paper as good. The under fifteens, a eh, uh, boys have had quite a good season, sort of fifty fifty. Uh, the under fourteens have had a decent season. Second eleven, not so much. Third eleven, very good. But I think I think they they've all enjoyed it. That's the thing. And I think you know there is that just thing about football that the uh, boys just enjoy playing it before it was a core sport they used to go down on a Sunday and kick penalties or save goals all afternoon uh, and now it is a core sport they can pretend to be playing Premier League football uh, every Saturday as long as they don't behave as badly uh, as some of those as some of, the, of those on the TV um, a word also ought to be mentioned for girls football you know we had that great feature a couple of weeks ago when we had uh, uh, B and uh, and others on the show uh, talking about you know the, the ups and downs of the women's first eleven. A really interesting story, uh, and they you know again on paper results not that good, but they had a great time uh, and some memorable games uh, in there. So overall, I think we'll all agree uh, football's first term as a core sport at Bryanston absolutely a big success. Uh, uh, and, you know, so much potential going forward and a very exciting time for the sport at the school. We're going to go into a quick song. We're going to play a bit of Mika. And when we get in, when we get back, we're going to be previewing undoubtedly the best sport in the world, and that's cricket. And we're going to be talking about cricket at Bryanston with a couple of uh, potential first 11 players. See you in a second. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? Yeah, I could be wholesome, I could be loathsome, guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Chris Kelly, but all her looks were too sad. So I tried a little Freddy, I've got an entity Bye. 
Good evening and welcome back to Bry Radio. You're listening to Sports Talk. Let me remind you that you can get in contact and we'd like you to do this by texting us on 66777, starting your message with Bry in capital letters. And we're back and now we're talking about our summer sport. Our, well, in the studio, definitely our favourite summer sport, which is, of course, cricket. Uh, and I'm joined by uh, two new pundits, two new faces, uh, neither of whom I think have featured on Bry Radio before. So, we're, this is going to be interesting. We've got JPH and uh, Noah B, uh, who are uh, undoubtedly two of our better cricketers in the school. I'm going to start just uh, JP, you first, undoubtedly. Uh, introduce yourself. Uh, what 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 do you love about cricket? What do you do on the pitch? Well, I, uh, I'm a right arm off spinner, and I uh, I like to think I can bat. Uh, some people would disagree, uh, but I'm a bit of a merchant of all trades. I'd like to consider myself. Nice. And uh, Noah, what about you? Uh, I'm more of a batsman wicketkeeper. Batsman. Not so much into bowling, but uh, I can stand behind the stumps and catch the ball after the bowlers bowl it. Fantastic. And we're still uh, uh, in the company of uh, Mr. Morris here. Mr. Morris, you've, you've had quite a, a, quite a prolific cricketing career. Uh, do you want to just give us a little outline? Um, so, in my time at Branson, I played five years in the first team um, from D. Um, alongside that, I played for Gloucester Academy. Um, and then now I played in the Southern Premier League for Tottenham and Ealing. And uh, I'm part of the dream team coaching team with Dr. Pullen himself. Oh, is that, are, we, are, we able to re- are, we, are we able to reveal that? Yeah. That is well, there reveal. we go. Officially on Bry Radio Air, uh, the under-15s coached by Mr. Morris Jr. Jr. and uh, Dr. Pullen. Um, myself, yeah, I, for my part, I'm pretty much a village cricketer, to be honest, but I do love the game. Um, and I enjoy coaching it. Right, so uh, chats. We've all been working together quite he- quite hard this winter. I feel, yeah. boys. How have have you found the the preparation for the season? Oh, I've I've loved it. Um, I think that what we've got with Mr. Scott in the preseason is very very useful and very. Uh, I think it's going to benefit us next season because uh, a lot of the younger uh, students, which haven't had much chance to play, been getting some good training and they're looking very good, especially like. Finn's bowling, which is mm. very quick, and George uh, as well, who's batting and bowling, is very nice. Yeah, I think it's the first time Bryson's had like a proper pre-season, starting from early Chris, uh, before Christmas, going through basics, uh, going through basics, so doing the fundamentals and getting better and better. And I think it will pay off in the summer. It's looking a lot stronger than we were last summer. Absolutely, uh, Mr. Morris. Uh, what's your? I imagine you're a big fan of the old winter preparation for the season. When I was at school, I remember we used to do basically all our technical coaching in the winter, and then you just put it into practice in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we get a lot more in the winters now than I did when I was a pupil, and um, we've seen some really good improvements, especially in the two boys to my right. Um, they've shown some really good improvements this winter, and it's nice to see that a lot of the younger boys as well are really improving, and the girls have made a common leaps and bounds in the winter. Yeah, it should be said that um, probably we ought to, you know, Mr. Morris is uh, an excellent head of cricket. He's also been joined this t- this year, well, starting last summer, by uh, Mr. Scott, who has a really good uh, resume as a cricket coach. I mean, he coached Middlesex first 11 uh, to uh, some domestic titles. He's worked with, you know, names like Owen Morgan, uh, Justin Langer, um, so a really top level coach and it's been really good to see uh, his uh, him, him passing on his expertise to the players we got at Bryanston uh, Mr Morris there you mentioned girls cricket uh, we've seen some good girls training uh, this this winter we've done some work with ED also uh, Beth whom I caught up with earlier um, this girl is a D by the way and I caught up with her to find out her sort of hopes uh, for her first season as a cricketer at Bryanston 
I'm just out on my ECA with uh, Beth this afternoon, and we're going to talk about a bit about cricket and her hopes for the upcoming season. Um, so, Beth, what have you made of Bryanston Cricket so far? Uh, Bryanston Cricket's been very good so far. We, um, uh, we do lots of training, and the coaches help us a lot with no. getting our technique right. Nice. What have you been working on this winter? Um, I've personally been working on defending more. Yeah. Um, and properly getting, whether it's a fast bowler, yeah. Just getting behind it and just not having to put any power on it. Nice. And, if, and, if, and have you enjoyed training with some of the senior players in the school? Yeah, it's been more of a challenge. Um, it's, I think it's better for me that I've got a challenge. So when it comes to summer, then I'm going to be less scared to play with probably in the year above. Or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, that, that's great. And are you looking forward to Have you been impressed by the girls' cricket so far here? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Um, like very well done yeah. compared to my old school. Yeah. They didn't really do much in here. It's it's just treated as just like as the boys cricket and helped out as much as yeah. um is. Yeah, nice, nice. And and what are your predictions for your own performance this summer? Lots of runs, lots of wickets, or um, I'm hoping more on runs, I'm not yeah. really a bowler. Right? Yeah, well, I've I've seen that already, but you're a very good. You're a very good batter. It has to be said. Hopefully I'll get some catches behind the wiki as well. Nice. And you, do you play any sort of county or representative stuff? Um, yeah, I'm doing Somerset at the moment. Um, we just finished winter training up last week. Nice. And um, hopefully I'm going to do And will you be playing in the summer squad with them? Or is, uh, are there yeah. still trials to do for um, that? I, I think I'm... Yeah, I think I'm through with that. Yeah. I'm playing with the under-15. Well, here at Bry Radio, we wish you all the best of luck with that and look forward to hopefully see you score lots of runs this summer. Thank you very much, Beth. So thank you, Beth, for having a chat with me there. Yeah, there's probably some other girls who ought to be mentioned. EDA has been co uh, training really hard over the winter. She is a fantastic uh, scene bowler uh, and definitely uh, one to watch uh, this summer. So, uh, chaps, uh, what what are we thinking in terms of the first 11 this summer? Because, I mean, barring some sort of really drastic drop of form, you're likely both to be playing a very important role in it. How, how are we thinking the team's shaping up? I think it's shaping up nicely. To be honest, before uh, this year and this term, uh, I thought we weren't going to be looking very good for this summer. But since we've uh, had some training with Mr. Scott and we've seen some of the younger players, I've uh, become a lot more optimistic. I think we should be able to get quite a few wins. Yeah, last season our, our team, the first team was predominantly A2s, so what, six or seven A2s, so losing them took quite a big hit. Uh, also, uh, Harry, someone who left last year, he was he was in the middle order, scored a few runs last season, so to lose him is quite annoying as well. But uh, it's building nicely uh, with the preseason looking good, and um, yeah, the summer looks quite strong. Yeah, so no, without uh, labouring the point a little bit too much, there are going to be some expectations on your batting this summer, right? Because as you as you're well aware, <laughs> as you're well aware, um, uh, those uh, A twos that left last year, we had players like Johnny. Uh, and Sam uh, so there are some holes in that uh, top order are you, how are you feeling with the bat at the moment yeah it's, it's looking alright I've bought, bought a new bat uh, it's, it's working at the moment It's so far it's working in the nets it's, it's looking good in the nets but it will be different in the middle yeah for, for, the, for the listeners the other day I was uh, um, feeding Noah um, sort of 52 mile per hour left arm spin and he had a great range of options he was uh, sweeping coming down the track uh, 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 so hopefully you can convert it uh, into 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 the middle. There are some other good players. I mean, Tom uh, Jay, who we've mentioned loads uh, on here in the footballing context, is also surprise surprise a very decent cricketer. Uh, he's a very good batsman. Um, so uh, JP on the bowling front, what what have we got to look forward to? You've mentioned uh, so yourself, obviously. Who else? Um, I think we've got a really good uh, seam attack this year, especially in uh, the B year group. They've got Henry Taylor with a wonderful left arm, uh, swinging it all over the place. Uh, uh, we've got Finn, mm. who's throwing it down at uh, 70 at times. 
Yeah, so so I coached both of them last year. Henry T uh, is a very good left arm bowler. I remember his, his the highlight of his season last year was a game against Camford, uh, which Mr Mills will recall uh, fondly, uh, where we had Camford about ten for four. Henry decided to take himself off when he should have kept himself on. Uh, Finn also, yeah, incredibly talented. I mean, he is bowling absolute rockets. Uh, Mr Morris, what have you made of these players so far this winter? No, I've been very impressed by them. Um, having joined this term, um, it's been really nice to see the talent we've got, especially in Finn and George. Um, looks like we've got a strong opening bowling partnership there with Henry to compliment, compliment them as well. Mm. Um, and then with JP's Ospin as well, that looks like we've got a nice little quartet to work with. Yeah, I guess the, probably on paper the weaker area is the batting, would you say? Potentially, but we have got some talent. Um, I think... There will be a, a strong reliance on Noah here, um, <laughs> but hopefully I know Noah can stand up to it and should be looking good for the summer. Yeah, I guess one one name probably to mention in terms of the future of Bryanston cricket. I don't know how how much we'll see him of, of him this summer, but in terms of ability, have you got what have you guys been impressed by Leo C or Incredibly, what you've seen of him so yeah, far? He's he's very very good. He, he bowls left arm leg spin, which can be pretty hard to. Uh, play it sometimes and his batting as well his, his technique is really really good yeah I mean when I first saw him I likened him to uh, to Mr Scott to, to Justin Langer he just looked so solid against I saw him face probably like 70 mile per hour half follies uh, 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 on the from the machine and you know this guy's a D but you know played them like anyone in the school really so, boys, looking down your fixture list, I mean, the big games, need we say, uh, Camford School, you're playing them a couple of times. You've already got a home and away afternoon fixture arranged, I see. And also you're playing them in round one of uh, the local 2020 Cup. How are you? How, how, how were they last season? They were, they were very good last season. They, uh, although a lot of their talent was in the previous uh, sit, upper sixth form. Yeah. So uh, with people like... Tom Press. Tom now Press, playing. who's now now playing for England. Yeah, so he, he captained the under nineteen yeah. England squad uh, when they toured West Indies in the, in the when they played in West Indies in the World Cup. Uh, he was England's highest run scorer, and yeah. then the uh, semi final or final of the a hundred, uh, he scored about eighty runs and thirty balls against us, and you know battered us out of the game pretty much. Yeah, warning in advance. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but there is a chap in in uh, well in C last year who opened the bowling for Camford, who will definitely be playing first eleven cricket this year, and he bowled absolute rockets uh, last year. I, I, they're they they're shaking their heads. You know how can under sixteen bowl rockets? I tell you now, I was watching it and I was I, I, I had nothing to say when my batsman kept coming back in because I wouldn't have enjoyed facing it. Mr. Morris, do you know who I'm talking about? I or? do know. I do know. Yeah, yeah. I think unlike Tom Prest, who's sort of a celebrity, we probably shouldn't be talking about uh, people from other schools. But yeah, definitely, definitely going to be tough opposition. Camford are very strong at cricket. You've also got Sherborne in there, uh, Taunton School, New Hall School, Hereford Cathedral School, Warminster School. Uh, and that's just the first half of the season which has been entered in so far. So um, let's think a little bit more broadly across the school. So Mr. Morris, you and I will be taking uh, the under 15. So we will be inheriting a cup winning squad which will be quite exciting how do you make what do you make of that no definitely it looks like it looks to be an exciting season um had quite a lot of the under 15s at, at winter nets through the year as well so um it's been nice to be able to work with them throughout the winter and now we get to continue through to the summer yeah absolutely so a couple of names we'll have hugh uh, who all listeners of the show will know he's a decent wicket keeper we'll have josh h who's a leg spin bowler jack o who's a very good all-rounder and eddie w um who's a good seam bowler so a pretty good core of a squad there um and under the great leadership of mr calver and mr carter last year these guys won the dorset cup uh beating am i going to get this right sherborne in the finals so we will take them on to the next stage which will be exciting uh mr calvin and mr carter will carry on with the under 14s uh, so that'll be great as well right people we're going to play a quick song when we come back we're going to move into our world sports section uh and we're going to be talking a bit more cricket we're going to be talking england in the west indies i paid my dues time after time i've done my sentence but committed no crime and bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my shells and kicked in my face 
and fortune and everything that goes with it. I thank you all, but it's been no bed of roses, no pleasure cruise. I consider it a challenge before. The nine o'clock sporting news from Bry Radio. Bryanston School women's house football. Third place Greenleaves, second place Allen, first place Hunter. Women's Champions League football. Bayern Munich 1, Paris Saint-Germain 2. And in the women's El Clasico, Real Madrid 1, Barcelona 0. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Newsreader. And we're back um, with uh, our, our team of pundits. We've got Mr. Morris here. we got Noah and we've got JP. And I'm sorry for all you out there who think cricket's a boring sport. We're going to be talking more of it because there's been some big international cricket this week, starting with England. So what have we had? We're two tests into our series in West Indies. And we've had... Uh, a blast from the po- the blast from the past, really, with two draws. Mr. Morris, what have you made of it so far? The action, or not so much action, I should maybe say. Well, it's been nice to see England actually score some runs in the first innings for once. Um, I think we've looked at England's first innings results from this test. You saw Root get 153, and Stokes score a very fast 120 of 128 balls. And it's nice to see the the new players in the side actually con- contributing. Um, the likes of Dan Lawrence with 91 getting out on the second last ball of the day and um, seeing Ben Folks get some handy runs at number seven as well. Absolutely. I mean, it seems to be a bit of a feather in Paul Collingwood's cap, really, Absolutely. the turnaround in that from from Ashes, what, what did we get, one century, Bearstow at, yeah. at the SCG, to what have we had so far? Who's scored hundreds? We've had, Back going down the lineup. we've had one from Crawley, we've had one from Bearstow, we've had... Two from Root, uh, one from Stokes, and runs all the way down the order. Boys, what have you made of the batting so far this e- this series? Yeah, it's been really. I reckon I I can't remember the last time England actually got to five hundred, especially mm. in the Ashes. There were some very low inning scores, but uh, Lawrence getting ninety one would just do him wonders. I reckon because he's such a class batsman, and uh, and he's just been out of form. And ninety one, I reckon he's in it. And same with Crawley. Crawley, everyone knows Crawley can bat. But it's yep. just at the early early end of the innings when you know people are, the ball swinging, he just makes some bad decisions. Exactly, and you know they're, they're, it's nice to see actually an England lineup with a bit of blend to it. You know, too often we've lined up with top orders full of people like Hamid and Sibley, uh, uh, and and you know people who who are not really dynamic players at test level and what's nice to see with this lineup is there are people like Crawley uh, and Lawrence and obviously Stokes and Bairstow who will actually be able to take the opposition take a game away from the opposition um JP as a spinner yourself what have you made of uh, Jack Leach's performance because you know he's had a lot of bowling to do with some success it should be said yeah I've been uh, very very impressed I think that it's a massive improvement to how he bowled in the ashes where he wasn't particularly that strong. However, now we can see him in West Indies and he's picking up a few more wickets. I think he bowled 70 overs in one of the matches recently. So, 
Yeah, well, the West Indies is certainly a very good place for a spin bowler to bowl. The the door has just opened because one of our our regular correspondents, Mr. Griffiths, has walked in. We can we can maybe get him in on some cricket, but I think he's got got greater interests to talk about. Uh, yeah, the West Indies. So Graham Swan loved bowling there, and Jack Leach uh, seemingly enjoys it. Mr. Morris, would you think England could be a, even bolder with their selection and maybe pick another spinner? Matt Parkinson being the name that's bandied around a little bit at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think in the next test would be nice to see Matt Parkinson given a chance. Whenever he's played in one-day cricket, he's always looked very good. And his highlights from the last season's county championship showed a lot of balls that turned a lot. And it'd be nice to see that combination of Leach with a right-arm leggy and a left-arm off-spinner. It might be a nice combo for the team. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Matt Parkinson, for those of you who are not that clued up on county cricket, has been a prolific wicket taker in county cricket and unlike other leg spinners he doesn't go for that many runs either right. so I wonder whether there's something that we're, we're not aware of there must be something that's stopping him getting picked by England at the moment yeah potentially that could be the case um, I think his batting is not the strongest and, and with Leach we, 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 oh, for those of us that love cricket we know how Jack Leach's batting has fared in the past yeah. and it's served England very well Yeah, and with that memorable game at Headingley um, I think that might be what keeps him in the side of Matt Parkinson yeah I mean, for those uh, real purists of the game, it's definitely worth mentioning uh, West Indies captains Craig Brathwaite's uh, performance uh, in the last test. I mean, an absolutely monumental uh, individual performance. He faced more balls than any West Indian has ever done in a test match. And bear in mind the fact that Brian Lara once got 400 uh, in a quite, test quite a feat. It is quite a feat. Uh, and, you know, what, what, what were we dealing with? 160 and 50-odd not out. Yeah. So this was proper old-school test cricket. But, I mean, uh, really admirable leadership from the front. I mean, boys, you're, you're sort of young cricket fans. Do you, still, do you still enjoy watching that sort of action? Oh, I love watching Craig Brathwaite. Um, I, I really am, enjoy watching how well he plays being a rock and just facing so many balls, staying there batting a really long time and it's paid off for him because he scored a century in the last test um, obviously there's people in the England side which try and do that too like Dom Sibley and uh, Rory Burns but doesn't work quite so well for them I don't know if it's something well the f- I mean the thing about Brathwaite is that he's got a very good defensive game but he can also put the bad ball away the problem with people like Hamid and, and Sibley I mean it just too often they would just literally become sort of corpses with pads on they just stand there and absorb deliveries uh without without actually playing any shots uh Noah what are your thoughts on defensive batting like what we saw from Brathwaite yeah Brathwaite is really good because he had he has the he has the higher gears where he can go to to accelerate if the run rate's needed whereas Dom Sibley was as he said a corpse his strike rate was so low uh it, it was just very very average cricket very boring cricket yeah uh, with not a lot of runs uh, yeah but you know Craig Brathwaite's very, very good. So what are we going to do, chaps? How are we going to break the stalemate of this series? What do England need to do in this third test? Because I think we'd all agree England have had the slightly better of the, of, of the cricket so definitely. far and definitely deserve, perhaps, to be... If a team does deserve to be up in the series, it should be England. Mr Morris, what will be your game plan? Um, I think, like we said, maybe maybe the introduction of Matt Parkinson and having a completely different spin option in the side. I think two spinners may be the way to go in the West Indies, um, which has been producing very flat pitches, which has been shown by Ben Folks standing up to Chris Wokes, the opening bowler, um, shows that the pitches are very slow and haven't been the best for the seamers. I think adding Matt Parkinson to the fold may be the way to go. Yeah, and I don't. St George's is not exactly renowned no, for not. being uh, a wicket for uh, with pace and bounce in it. Uh, boys, could w- would you think up any out-the-box strategies to try and break the stalemate here? Personally, I think that... Uh, they've already missed that chance by not playing either Broad or Anderson. And although they are getting old and they're not quite what they used to be, they still bring that momentum into the attack. When a wicket is taken, they keep the pressure up and they take another wicket. Whereas what I've seen from the paces that we've got in the past uh, test, uh, there's not any momentum. They They take maybe a wicket and then they'll have to wait another 25 hours before they take another. Yeah, I, I probably agree with that, JP. I mean, if you're comparing people like Wokes and Overton, there's just no comparison really with no. Broad and Anderson with that in, in the sort of fast-medium category. Nozzle, anything to say on that? Well, they had they had uh, Mark Wood in the team who's just just pace, raw pace, which is was something which England sort of have lacked, the, the real sort of you know pace and its aggression as a bowler. But he's been injured 
uh, he got injured in the second day of the first test, and he's out. He's out for the rest of the season, which is which is why Anderson or Broad would have been so good because on slower wickets, having having their ability to swing the ball and really challenge the batsman, whereas uh, Wokes and and Overton sort of just hit, you know hit the lines, hit the lengths, but don't force the batsman to play. Yeah, I don't think anyone would have any criticism for say um, uh, uh, Saki Mahmood or or, or 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 Fisher who came in to the last Test match and bowled very well. Mr. Morris, would you agree with that? I've had an external suggestion from head of cricket, Mr. Morris, um, about Roots captaincy. What are our thoughts on Roots captaincy this series? It's oh, a good I, question. The declaration uh, in the last Test I thought came quite late. I thought Joe Root could have been slightly more aggressive, declaring slightly earlier and actually trying to make a game out of it. Uh, it kind of just, for me, it kind of just showed a sort of maybe a bit of, not scared, but weakness maybe, trying to just put runs on the board so the draw's there. But I think um, I think if England had slightly longer to bowl, especially with the day five wicket, day five pitch, you know, turning a lot, I think, I think a few more wickets could have fallen. Well, yeah, I, I I'd pretty much agree with that, uh, Noah. But I, what I would say is if you are going to bat West Indies out of the game, then why on earth do you need a deep point when you've got Jack Leach coming on to bowl who went at one and a half and over in the first innings? That's what really shocked me uh, about Root's captaincy. Well, it shouldn't have shocked me really because we've seen it before. Mr. Morris, your thoughts on, on, on Root's captaincy? I think I'd echo Noah's thoughts there. Um, I think it was quite weak captaincy to let the, let us bat for that long into the test didn't leave us enough time at, at all to bowl the West Indies out and um, I think we've already we're sort of starting to see what we've got from this series with our batting we've shown what we've kind of gone to the West Indies to do and I think we should, could have taken some more risks and tried to get an actual result out of that game mm. Okay so looking around the cricket world just before we move on to some rugby there's another quite attritional test uh, series going on have you guys been following the Australia Pakistan series? Yep. Yeah, there's been some proper roads in Pakistan at the moment. The wickets are just pro- proper batsman wickets. Yeah. Lots and lots of runs being scored in that test match. A real struggle for the bowlers over there. Yeah, and you, so so Pakistan's first series back, you can kind of understand why they might want to prepare flatter wickets to avoid, you know, uh, sort of one-sided test matches. Uh, but, I mean, really, the, the wicket, the Karachi wicket they played on, uh, uh, last week, I mean, produced an unbelievable amount of runs, uh, and it looks like uh, this test in Lahore uh, is similarly uh, going in that direction. Mr. Morris, have you followed this series much? I haven't followed it quite as closely, but I have seen how many runs have been scored, especially Usman Khawaja, who's looked very good coming back into the side this series. Um, I think he's averaging nearly 100 or more than 100 this series, and that's a great response for him. Yeah, and so so again, another series that will need some kind of magic to uh, break the deadlock. And I think that probably brings our cricket chat to an end. Thank you very much to uh, Noah and JP for being excellent pundits. Mr. Morris, we, uh, uh, we're going to talk a bit of rugby. We're going to let Mr. Griffiths have a seat. Uh, and we're going to talk some Six Nations rugby. Uh, so I feel a bit, bit, a bit sort of lost without uh, Hugh, our rugby expert here. But it was a, a dramatic final day of the Six Nations, what they call Super Saturday, uh, uh, which sees all three fixtures being played in one day. Uh, and and what happened in them? Well, first of all, probably the shock result of the day: Wales beating Italy uh, twenty. No, Italy beating Wales twenty two twenty. One. Uh, then uh, obviously uh, Ireland uh, beating Scotland 26-5 and finally uh, Le Crunch uh, en France uh, 25-13 uh, uh, Chaps, did we enjoy our final day of the Six Nations? Mr Morris uh, I did, I didn't catch all of the games all the way through but um, I had the pleasure of being on the bus um, with Hugh on the way back from Milton Abbey as Wales uh, I'm trying to try the right words here, but as Wales lost to Italy um, on the last play of the game with a wonderful individual try, and it was great to see Italy get their first win into 36 fixtures on Saturday. We have got some cricket pundits still wandering around the studio, but that's all fine. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, so I imagine Hugh, uh, yeah, Hugh, uh, Hugh, uh, our, our absent uh, rugby pundit, probably was a little bit heartbroken uh, by that Wales result. 
uh, on Saturday. I mean, but great in the long term for uh, the Azuri rugby team, surely, uh, Mr. Morris. I Definitely. Mean, you, you know, with all the talk of promotion and relegation and whatnot, they needed that win, they right? Abs- they absolutely needed it. Um, I think it should give Italian rugby the boost it needs. I mean, they're looking very strong at under-20s level at the moment, which hopefully keeps them in the Six Nations for the foreseeable future and we don't have promotion and relegation in the Six Nations. No, and I think I think it's probably right. And, you know, it was such a pleasure to watch them play. There was that amazing try uh, 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 assisted by that fullback whose name I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Uh, Mr. Griffiths, did you see much of this game? Welcome, Mr. Griffiths, by the way. He's going to be talking, uh, well, uh, quite soon, actually, about uh, mountain biking, but he's also going to talk some rugby now. Uh, uh, did you see much of the, the, the Wales-Italy game? Uh Good evening, sports fans. Uh, not much of it. I saw the last try, though, uh, and that was really the the full extent of the game. Um, I think a big talking point would be the five penalties that kept Italy in the game, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I looked at the score, I remember seeing that Wales are up, um, but all of Italy's penalties, all of Italy's points, had come from five penalties. So they're fifteen points in, and that ultimately is what cost Wales. The game there, that discipline or lack of discipline. I mean, one try isn't an issue, but five penalties put away. Yeah. That's a big issue. Yeah. And at the end of it, it meant what Wales went away with only one win for a Six Nations Championship, which is a pretty poor result by them. Uh, So great from Italy, not so good from Wales. Second game of the day, Ireland v Scotland. Ireland pretty much, would we agree, capped off a very solid championship with another very solid win, really. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Ireland looked very strong at home on uh, on Saturday. Um, and I think Scotland sort of just ran, ran out of steam in the Six Nations. Um, losing Finn Russell was never going to be easy for Scotland. And they looked they, they lacked his magic on Saturday. Blair Kinghorn didn't quite step up into, this, into the big shoes that is Finn Russell. Yeah, uh, uh, and you know that that Irish team is sort of getting a trademark style of of rugby, which might not necessarily be the most watchable brand of the game, but it is certainly uh, very effective. Then finally, the big, the big, what well, what before the championship was maybe set up as a Grand Slam decider, very much had not was not that really but I mean England did have a chance to be French sort of party spoilers. Um, how do we make? What do we make of that final game? Yeah, I mean, the French were just the best. I yeah. think that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah, uh, there were there were good signs from England, um, but the French just outplayed them and were were better in the end. Um, people are obviously raising quite a lot of questions on Eddie Jones' leadership at the moment. Um, whether that's the right thing to do or not, I'm not sure. But um, those questions seem to be raised at the moment. Yeah, um, and, and I mean. I guess that's because what the R- the RFU are so rich, really. And, you know, we expect England rugby to be, you know, if not the best in the world, very much up there. Uh, and the fact that we've had two very average Six Nations in a row on paper has been uh, bitterly disappointed, really. And people are right to question Eddie Jones's place in England coach. Well, what, do, what do we reckon about, about his future going forward, chaps? Um well, for me personally, I think there's been quite a little bit of an overreaction to Eddie Jones this series. Um, we all know how the Twickenham crowd can be. And um, yeah, the typical HQ goers may not respond well to Eddie Jones coming out and being quite honest with how the team is. But we're in a bit of a re-phase re- um, at the moment yeah. with the side. It's a very young side, very yeah. experienced side. And um, I personally have seen some few, a few positives this season. Um, but as, like, like Mr. Griffith said, France were just a class of their own this series. Yeah, I think first, first and foremost, amid uh, amidst those uh, uh, positives, we'd, we'd say maybe the performances of Smith, Marchant. You know, there've been some really Definitely. good players, young players, uh, stick their stick their heads up above the parapet and really stand up for England. And you know, it could be. I know some people might say, "Well, is this now an, the turning point and a new the beginning of a new era?" But thinking there are people like Farrell to come back into the mix as well, you could get quite a nice blend of uh, of youth and experience building towards that next World Cup. Which and I'm probably not going to get the year right here. It must be is it autumn 2023? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. So so that that I guess is the long term goal. The question is really whether you know it's forgivable to prioritise that over winning in the here and now, and that that's where those Twickenham faithful are maybe entitled to be aggrieved that you know 
Eddie Jones keeps talking about building for the future, but you know you just got to play the team in front of you. And and if you're an England rugby team, probably beat them unless they're New Zealand, and that hasn't been the case, um, has it? The French, I mean, they've got to be big favorite. Well, not big favorites, but strong contenders for that World Cup. They have a great team. Would we agree? I'd agree. Yeah, I think they're up there with New Zealand and South Africa as the favorites going into the next World Cup. Um, if they continue on this form, then. To honest, I don't even see this current era of New Zealand players stopping them. I think if you get the right mix of French flair, French flair and attitude, there's not much to stop the French apart from the French. And I think on those uh, words, we'll probably leave rugby, perhaps, I guess, for the rest of the the sports talk year, because there is, isn't that much rugby coming up. I mean, we might we might get Hugh on to talk uh, some club rugby uh, finals, etc. But apart from that, that is that concludes the Six Nations with France, I think, as we'll all agree, very deserved uh, Grand Slam uh, title winners. We're going to quickly talk a sport which I have absolutely no idea about, and I'm probably not even going to get the name of it right are we talking mountain biking mr griffiths in a way yes that's a very vague term for it um the the sport i'm thinking about is downhill mountain biking so just the same as you have cross-country skiing uh downhill skiing um the difference is the same it's effectively race a bike down a hill as fast as you can over a set course uh and the person who does it the fastest wins um people may have seen it on red bull red bull do a lot of work with it um, but the reason we're talking about it is the World Cup season starts again this weekend in France and I'm excited. Don't know if anyone else is, but that's all that matters, isn't it? Uh, could, could you give us any sort of names in terms of who are the, who are the people to watch out if we were to uh, flick on to Sky Sports 25 or whatever and watch this event this weekend? So firstly, it's on Red Bull TV for free. Okay. So if you want to watch it, this finals is at sometime on Sunday afternoon. Um, names to watch out for. Loic Bruni, Frenchman. He won the overall last year, uh, so he was the most consistent racer. Um, Reese Wilson, a Scottish bloke, is um, very looking quick this year. Um, he's gone well in the pre-season racing. Uh, and then Bally Hall, she's second year out of junior now, so she is looking strong. She built well last season. Um, finally got the win under her belt, so she will probably have a very strong season. Thank you for that, Mr. Griffiths. Do you have any final words to sort of encourage us to get into downhill uh, mountain biking as a sport to partake in or watch? I just watch one. Watch the last 20 riders. Um, see if you can find a, a head cam or a GoPro of the track and you can get an idea of what they're actually doing because um, it's pretty skillful and the amount of pressure they're under to pull off a perfect run is quite high. Okay, thank you very much for that, Mr. Griffiths. If you wouldn't mind just getting my next pair of pundits in who are sort of waiting at the door. And I believe we're going to be talking some F1. We've got a phone call coming in, which is very exciting. Uh, I think it might be from Mr. Mills. Uh, we're joined by Ben and Alfie, our two uh, resident F1 pundits. And I'll just talk for a second. Is Mr. Mills on the line, uh, Mr. Sharon? Yes, this is this is Chris Mills. Hi, how are you doing? Good evening, uh, Mr. Mills. I'm very well, thank you. Have you been listening into the show? I've been listening to the show, and I have to just say, just just to kick off, I'm so impressed with everything that Sports Talk has been offering the Briar Radio um, Empire uh, in recent weeks. You you really have taken taken Tuesday nights to a whole new level, and um, I mean maybe we should be adjusting the title of your show to Cricket Talk. <laughs> Um, but I am loving the show. Everybody, the, the listeners you're getting is, is substantial. And I really can't, can't tell you. I'm, I'm delighted that it's taken off and you're enjoying it so much. I can really sense that you guys are enjoying it in there. So it's, it's, it's a fantastic addition. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're joined uh, by uh, here, you know, two F1 absolute fanatics, Alfie and Ben. Uh, I presume you're going to talk a bit about um, F1 with them, are you, Mr. Mills? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously just had our first race and a whole new set of regulations came through and we we're over at Bahrain, uh, which is where we kicked off the season and everyone has their new liveries and new new uh, new cars. So there's quite a lot of excitement surrounding it. Obviously, the big three are Red Bull, um, Mercedes and and Ferrari. And what we saw was a little bit of a turnaround. We, we saw Leclerc uh, win the race, Science in second. And there was a bit of a shock to the system in that we had Verstappen up there 
uh, and Perez, who are ahead of uh, the, the trailing the trailing Mercedes, who are struggling with some porpoising. And in the last couple of laps, uh, Verstappen's car um, started to struggle, and uh, he, he he went out. And then then Perez uh, spun on the final corner, and and, and um, smugly Hamilton took a third, which was which was really quite undeserved. But it was uh, it was a thrilling it was a thrilling opener. And um, I don't know how many of your Talksport fans love a bit of F1, but you guys have been talking of uh, all sorts of. I love the way, by the way, that you you link between um, the the sort of the uh, Bryanston girls uh, house uh, football court tournament, and then you start going into uh, into into your Premiership football. I think the links that you perform is fantastic. I think that that Formula One is underrated. I think that cars are going round in circles. Yes. But at the same time, there are multiple different championships going on. There's the Drivers' Championship, there's the Constructors' Championship, and there's so much more to it than might meet the eye. I don't know, who are your pundits in we today? Got, we got Ben and Alfie here. Chaps, what do you make of that statement? Cars may go round in circles. I, I, think, that's a bit, I think that's a bit unfair. Yeah, I don't I think it's so. just circles. Especially th- not now. Yeah, especially not now. Um, yeah, you did kind of just cover everything, if I'm being totally honest, yeah. <laughs> from the race. I think the main thing is to bring up is how Red Bull um, have switched from using Honda units to now using their own. Yeah. And four out of the cars using, no, three out of those four cars using those Red Bull units seem to not finish a race. Nope. Which I think that was the most interesting thing, showing uh-huh. there's a lot wrong. They have the speed. But they can't last yeah. the whole race, which is no, very, exactly. very they can nearly last the, the whole Ferraris, race. Just the Ferraris whole race. are going strong. I think I think one of my favourite elements of the weekend was that um, uh, you saw you saw Bottas, who is quite sort of uh, unceremoniously ejected from the, the the mighty Mercedes team. Yeah, and he's gone to uh, Alfa Romeo, and yet he was lined up alongside Hamilton, and that was quite an exciting. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, it hasn't changed from last season. Um, you had a handbot, um, is what you call it. So. Most of the time, it was Hamilton um, qualifying, and it just like most of the time, one place in front of uh, Bottas. So him moving to Alfa Romeo was uh, moving there, and still making it a handbot. Uh, I think ben, ben, ben and Alfie, what, what did you make of the the, the, the seeming sort of demise of of, of um, overnight to? Um to um, uh, McLaren. I mean, what's happened to them? So, um, do you want to go? I mean, yeah. My brother said it quite well in our little group chat. He said, Orange is the new Haas. I feel like midfield-wise, Haas has probably got it on the table. I mean, they've pretty much won that already. I mean, like they've got the first points in about two years, I think it is, uh, which is absolutely insane. I'm very glad. That, I think they've definitely mm-hmm. been very cool. What would you make of the new cars? I think, I think, I think they're too big, personally. They look slow, which look it, slow. I, F1 is... They look a bit indie car, don't they? They look a little indie car for me. Yeah, they like do that. look a little bit like indie cars, but they, uh, it's still really exciting, and uh, mm. especially when Leclerc and uh, Max were fighting for yeah. pole out. There's um, a lot more battles now. There's a lot more overtaking. Should we, should we put a little prediction out for the season? Should that would be great, prediction? chaps. I, mean, I, I personally would say at this point, and obviously, you know, we've, we've had the benefit of the first rate, but... Surely we can't discount the chances of Leclerc taking a championship this season. Yeah, I think Ferrari um, and Leclerc has a very strong chance of taking the championship. But then he still has Max right behind him. And I don't think it'll take long for Red Bull to actually sort out their issues that they're having at the moment. I mean, in a very recent interview, Toto Wolff himself said that Lewis isn't champion winning um, material, which says a lot. About the you can't, you can't discount you can't discount Hamilton in what is likely to be his his final season. Um, he's obviously angry from what happened last year. Hundred um, percent. Verstappen is is obviously starting the season pretty angry as well. They're all out to prove things. Yet it seems that they've been eclipsed by the, the might of the historic and iconic uh, Ferrari team, which many Formula One lovers will love to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ferrari haven't been where they belong for many years. Well, two, last two years, they were nowhere near where they belong. And I think, um, well, I watch the F1, there's an Italian kid in my house, and I watch it with him. I don't think he was even expecting it um, to turn out like it was. No, definitely not. I mean, that, a lot of it was quite luck-based because you've got the rebels that are pulling out and stuff, like both of them 
feeling like it was very different from how everyone would have expected it to turn out throughout the race and even before. But right, I think we should bring up how next week we've got Jeddah, mm-hmm. which is an extremely exciting yeah. track. Yeah. Last year, um, it had two restarts. Mm-hmm. So that's when the red flag is pulled out because of crashes, debris on the track, all of that, and they have to restart. Very susceptible to crashes for an F1. I mean, it's not really an F1 F1 circuit, is it? Yeah. And 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 essentially, it's 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 uh, many of the drivers are very concerned about the dangers associated with Jeddah and the pace that they're going around. So I'd like to ask the um, the host, Mr. Um, Pullen, up. Are you going to start watching some F1 because? I think you're missing a trick. Uh, yeah, I know, Mr. Mills. And I, I've, I, I've often thought that I would absolutely love it. Unfortunately, I just don't have enough time in my hands to get into another sport. But I'm really enjoying, really, really enjoying hearing about F1 from, from both uh, Alfie and Ben and also Mr. Morris, who's a bit of an F1 uh, badger himself, whatever the F1 term for that <laughs> is. Chaps, I can see we're about to be locked in, basically. So this might have to be the sort of final... F- they will lock the doors on you at 9.30 then you'll be stuck in the music centre overnight and you'll, you'll have the longest show of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I well, hope that happens. I'll well, be honest, I'm loving it. Well, what it would be would be I'd find some cricket on YouTube and I'd just commentate to it. <laughs> Uh, all night long but it's been a pleasure calling in and thank you so much for another fabulous show. no thank you very much mr mills for thank you very much for calling in and thank you for giving us the opportunity of of bry radio which i'm sure Always. all these sports fans uh, have really enjoyed right chaps uh ladies and gentlemen thank you mr mills thank you to alfie ben and owen that's about it from us the sports team uh, at bry radio we'll be next hitting your airwaves in the final uh, well actually not the final week of term we'll be hitting your airways in the second week of the summer term on wednesday note the change of day april the 27th by then tennis courts will be freshly marked cricket nets will be out i for one can't wait in the meantime do get in contact if you want to have a gurt punditry apart from that have a lovely spring break from all of us here at the bry radio studio goodbye for now